Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Happy Wednesday to you. You are tuning in to uh, times of refreshing at the assembly. And boy, are we prepared. We never get online, get before you without being sure that God's got something for us. And tonight, he has something for you. Welcome to the assembly. Welcome to Times of Refreshing. Uh, as you, we go into worship with Minister Jordan. Uh, I invite you to get your Bibles and your iPads and anything that would allow you to dig into Scripture because we're going to sing two worship songs, we're going to set the tone, and then we're going to go revisit uh, something that uh, we dealt with a while back, but uh, Holy Spirit is just telling me this is the time for a refresher course. So come in with me, come in with me, settle in, get, get comfy. Minister Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands tonight. We're going to sing to the Lord a new song. Hallelujah. In your spirit. Oh. Holy, holy, holy. 
And so we worship you tonight. We worship you tonight. We worship you tonight. Father, thank you for the opportunity to come and study your work together. We thank you for the opportunity to remind each other of your goodness, to repeat your promises and your laws to one another, and to sharpen each other in the word, oh God. Father, we invite you to come in and saturate the entire atmosphere. Saturate the entire atmosphere. Saturate the entire atmosphere. There's someone listening right now that needs a super infusion of the glory of God to create healing in their body, in their soul, in their spirit. Someone needs a super infusion. And so we release that in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, as you have given me the gift, O oh God, of laying on of hands and of speaking your word with signs following, I release, I release virtue into the airways. And I thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your help that comes every day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we decrease. We lay ourselves prostrate before you and say nothing, nothing that we say should come from us. Your word is already blessed, we're asking that you will take full control of my voice, my mind, my spirit. You've taken full control of Jordan as he played the keys and we sang, and you are here. Bless our study time together. Bless our study time together. Quicken the lives of your people in the name of Jesus. We thank you, O oh Father. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. 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 If you're out there, you're listening with, with your family members and you're streaming with uh, several others on your on your line, uh, just encourage everyone in this moment to give God a high praise right where you are. Right where you are. Give God a high praise. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Glory. Glory and more glory. Glory, 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 and more glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy to be praised. You are Alpha and Omega. You are beginning and the end. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the healer. You are our, our doctor. You are our physician. You are our help that comes all day, every day. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Well, uh, we're going to dig in. Thank you so much. Uh, my awesome worship minister here. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Are we ready to go in? Ready to go and get your Bibles and let's dig in. Uh, about a year ago, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe about a year ago. I did a series on uh, warfare readiness. Warfare readiness. 
And even, even though I was convinced and I knew that it was the right series for that time, uh, I'm now also convinced that because things were going so well in the economy, uh, a lot of lives were being changed economically and things were just going great for a lot of people, that we did not take seriously or as seriously my encouragement to prepare for warfare that we would be coming into a season like this where where we needed to, we have to, we must be ready to not just defend our position, but to uh, uproot and attack and dig the adversary out of his foothold, out of his wormholes, out of his uh, secure positions and make him uneasy rather than just waiting for him to attack us. And as I saw in the spirit, uh, what we feared have, has come upon us. None of us expected to be dealing with a, a three-pronged pandemic uh, on our lives, on our families, on our income, on every area of our lives. And everyone is feeling the pinch. Everyone is feeling the sorrow. So everyone knows somebody that died of this uh, uh, three-pronged uh, pandemic that we are dealing with. And so, uh, Holy Spirit just advised me and said, son, you need to revisit uh, warfare readiness, warfare readiness. And so that's exactly what I'm going to do tonight. Let's see, let's see. Uh, Dr. D.M. McIntyre, many of you don't know him. He's from way back in the 1850s, as a matter of fact. But he was a Scottish, very famous Scottish preacher, and he said, there are three duties of a soldier. Warfare readiness. That's our series. We're going to do probably three uh, sessions on this. Warfare readiness. Uh, they are, Dr. McIntyre uh, in 1859 said this. There are three major uh, responsibilities for a soldier. Any kind of soldier. The first is uh, the, the duty of obedience. Every soldier, you may, you may come into the army and a disciplined child, someone that doesn't like to listen to others, wants to make his own way, but when you join the army, the very first thing they do is break you out of your own thought process, break you out of your own habits, break you out of what, how you feel things should go, and they instinctively, uh, or not instinctively, intentionally uh, get you to a place. Um, around here, it would be Paris Island. They send you off there. You can't call mama. You can't call daddy. You can't call relatives for about six to eight weeks. And they say, when we are done with you, you will understand that when the army says jump, you jump. It doesn't matter what it says. If the army says, how high. How, you say how high. That's about it. If, that's it. If the army says to jump, you, all you do is say how high. You, you salute every officer that is of your rank and above, and you change everything about yourself coming under the uh, article of obedience to the code. And so Dr. McIntyre said the first duty of a soldier is obedience. The most evident or visible duty of a soldier, number two, is to endure hardship. 
Let me say that again. The most evident or visible duty of a soldier is the number two one, and that is to endure hardship. And then the ultimate duty of a soldier is to offer the supreme sacrifice of his own life. It just so happened that Jesus is saying the same thing to you tonight, that if you will be warfare ready, if you will be warfare ready, if you will not just uh, accept and, and uh, uh, walk in your salvation, but only in a defensive way, only in a way that if they don't, if the devil don't hurt me, I'm not going to attack him. If the devil don't come after me, I'm not. And the truth is, that's an oxymoron because the devil's work, his entire life, is about coming after you, whether you feel it or not. He's coming after you, and so there's only one option, and that is to stand and move forward in Christ. Stand and move forward in Christ. Stand and take ground back in your family, in your relationships, in your home, on your job, in your spirit, in your own temper, your life, our life, our entire life of warfare against the adversary is to take, is to take territory back that he has taken, whether it was lost in your grandmother or great-grandmother's generation, and you are the new generation coming in with the help of the Holy Ghost to take back territory of rage, take back territories of lies, take back territories of, of poverty, take back all kinds of territories the adversary has stolen from our families. Our job is to be, as a soldier, follow the three principles of obedience, endurance of hardship, and making the ultimate sacrifice and do that spiritually in order to take back what has been lost. So, therefore, if we truly accept and commit our role as soldiers of the cross in this life, we've got to drop our toys. I'm reading this because I want to be very intentional. A soldier prepping for battle, prepping for warfare, does not mess around with toys. Does not focus on, on, on physical hobbies when he's in the, 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 the act of preparing for battle. He gets serious, so it says, we drop our toys, we stop our tantrums, and we become more acquainted with the weapons and armor of our warfare. We drop our toys, we stop our tantrums, we grow up, and we understand that this is fighting time. We be become acquainted with our weapons and our armor of warfare. It's our only resource for deposing and defeating the enemy. It is our only resource for deposing and defeating the enemy. Securing our safety and accomplishing the will of our general, who just happens to be Jehovah, the great and mighty one, El Elyon. Uh, would you, two main scripture verses we're going to jump to. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, I'm going to read it from the ESV. 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. Just so it's, it's, it, it sounds better in the reading form. Uh, flows better, 
for this particular uh, sharing from the ESV. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy Satan's strongholds. We destroy arguments and lofty opinions raised against the knowledge of God. Let me say this again. Our weapons are of warfare are not fleshly, but they have divine power to destroy Satan's stronghold in the spirit. We destroy the arguments that are the foundation of Satan's stronghold and every lofty opinion that represents Satan's strongholds that rises itself against the knowledge of the Supreme God, mm. Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And take every thought. Now, all of these things, these lofty opinions and these arguments of the adversary don't just stay floating around in the atmosphere. His plan, his job, is to now take those lofty opinions of his, those lies, those uh, destructive arguments, very much like he did with Eve in the garden. And our job is to keep them from infiltrating our spirit because that's what the word is saying is his next move. And take every thought captive to obey Christ. Being ready to punish every disobedience in yourself. I want you to see the language that Paul is using here. Being ready, and that's why I use the, uh, the ESV version, because I want you to hear it the way we would talk about it now. Said, <clears throat> and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience every bit of disobedience in yourself and when your obedience is complete when your obedience is complete there's an addition that I would like to put there let me pull it 2 Corinthians 10 there we go and 4 10 and 4 10 and 4 and uh, the weapons, are, there we go. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish the strongholds. We demolish arguments and every uh, pretension or every thought or every opinion uh, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we take every thought to make it completely obedient to Christ. And we take every thought to make it completely obedient to Christ. Or, or, the, or the directives of Christ. Or the, the words from Christ. Or the truth of Christ. Which is what? The word of God. Every thought we want to, we want to bring it into obedience and subjection to the actual word of God. This is it. 
Okay. <clears throat> I want us to look next at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 through 18. These are all the setups. Ephesians chapter 6, 11 through 18. Woo, bless God. As you can see, I'm digging in with you. I'm finding it. Chapter 6, 11 through 18. Bless God. There we go. Okay. Read it from the NIV. Read it from the NIV. Verse 11. Verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stance against the devil's schemes. Mm -hmm. For we, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers in the atmosphere, spiritually, against the authorities, against the powers. Rulers, authorities, powers. Uh, councilman or magistrate, senator, and president. There's hierarchy in the spirit. And Paul is identifying the levels of hierarchy that we see. It's not a hodgepodge of, of demonic attack. It is organized specifically to destroy you in the way that you are most vulnerable. So he says, we are not struggling against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Yes. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you, this we are in the day of evil, we are in the day of evil, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground I want you to put a mark there, put a tick there. It's not just good enough to stand. You could stand backing up. You could stand uh, giving up ground. But this is standing how? Firmly planted and not giving up ground. Stand firmly and not give up ground. You will be able to stand and, uh, <clears throat> and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith which we can extinguish or by wit or with which we can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests and with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. It's 
very this 10 verses, I believe, uh, 9, are very intensive and complete. Let's go back. Those are base scripture. Let's go back to the three uh, characteristics that Dr. McIntyre identified. The first is obedience. Let's check out the account of our Lord Jesus and his meeting in the wilderness during his 40 days of temptation as an example of the following, of obedience. The condition of Jesus that made him ready to face the enemy is seen in the first line, first verse of Matthew 4. It says, is that he, Jesus, was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Who was he led by? The Spirit. The Spirit. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Look with me at Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11. Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 11. Matthew 4, 1 through 11. As you can see, I'm digging in with you. Pulling up my, 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 uh, my paper Bible so that you, you get a feel for what we're doing here. The work that it takes to, to, to become a soldier. Then Jesus was led into, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus was led. He was guided by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I want you to, to take note of that. That uh, it, is, it should be expected it needs to be an expectation of your warfare as a believer that Jesus or God the Father or Holy Spirit or just God himself will release you into places of temptation to check the strength of your spirit to check the strength of your resolve to check the strength of your commitment to check the 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 strength of your of your your ability to obey exactly how he says to fight. That temptation does not come to make you flesh out. Let me say that again. I've heard believers time and time again saying, I, I wish I didn't have to go through this. Lord, how why you let me go through this? Well, I, I, I can't believe you allowed me to go through this. When in actuality, what we should be praying is, Lord, thank you for the strength to defeat this. Thank you for the, 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 the power. Thank you for infusing me with more of yourself so that the next time this comes around, I will wear, wage a victorious war. But, but, but that's not how many believers do. We don't do that quite often. What we want to do is play the defensive game and cry to God for help and ask him to deliver us and ask him to keep us out of danger and ask him to stop the stuff and ask him to move the temptation away. But in actuality, we need that 
We need that to push us closer to God so that we will wage victorious war. We wage victorious war by leaning into God on the pressure. We know that Jesus was leaning in to the Father because it was the Holy Spirit that led him into this place. <clears throat> if you can, just write down uh, Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Just write that down. And then I'm going to combine that with John chapter 17, verse 17. You've heard this a lot. It says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is true. The reason I'm bringing this up is because if you read Matthew 4, 1 through 11, there was only one thing that Jesus used to defeat the temptation of the adversary. And that was the word of God. Jesus, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word, and the same was in the beginning with, with God, and, and the Word, Jesus came and dwelt among us in flesh. It's the Word, Jesus, the Word. And when Jesus was tempted in Matthew 4, led by the Holy Spirit, he used the word. Now in John 16, uh, in John 17, sorry, and 17 it says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is the truth. Sanctify, wash them with your word. Purify them with, with the truth. Watch them with the truth. Purify them with the truth. Your word is the truth. I'm looking at foundational scriptures. Next, look at St. John chapter 16, verse 13. And when the spirit of truth comes, he will lead and guide you into truth. I should have read that first and then 1717 because you see the sequence. Jesus is tempted. He activates the word that is the foundation of our faith. Then it says in 16, John 16, 13, when he, the spirit of truth, the same spirit that led Jesus into the temptation the same spirit that led him to be tested, that same spirit, when that spirit is in you or fills you up, that same spirit will lead and guide you into truth. And then the verse after that, 1717, would be the one that breaks it all open. He says, sanctify them with or by your truth. Your word is true. Okay, I'm using these three verses to give us a, uh, uh, what do we call it? Uh, when you have a uh, arithmetic uh, 
not a, not a math problem, but, but something you use to solve problems. Formula. This is the formula that I'd like everyone to write down. This is the formula. The Holy Spirit cannot fill or saturate those he cannot lead and guide into Father's truth. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit cannot fill and saturate those he cannot lead into Father's truth. When the Holy Spirit, if you are praying for the Holy Spirit's power to take over your life, if you are praying for the Holy Spirit to overwhelm you and, and just shower you with, with tremendous power to cast out devils, to attack the adversary in his territory, it will not come outside of the word of God. The Holy Spirit comes to lead you to the Word. And when the Word is spoken through you by the Holy Spirit, it does damage to the adversary's plan. I've said this before, that quite often when we read the Word of God, when we read the Word of God, regularly we take it in we just read you read songs you read proverbs you read the epistles you read the uh the new testament you read all of these areas that that encourage you to grow quite often in that moment that you read you do not feel like a superman you do not feel like you have won you're not going to feel quite often in the moment you read that word that you just took a bite out of crime out of the adversaries behind. But when you are praying, especially when you move from words and begin to pray in the Spirit, the Spirit activates the Word of God that was put in. And when you begin to repeat or speak the Word of God, under the option of the Holy Spirit, you attack the adversary in his territory and take possession of things that he has stolen. Yeah. That is the reason I mentioned Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. Because every time the adversary came, Satan said, well, you are the son of God. Why don't you turn bread into, uh, uh, stone into bread? And Jesus said, listen, I don't have to do anything you are asking me or telling me to do. Why? Because man does not live by bread alone. Mm -hmm. And you can read uh, 1 through 11 and see the many, many times the adversary tried to get him to operate outside the leading of Holy Spirit. How do I know that? Because the adversary wanted him to, to act without the leading of the Holy Spirit which will always use the word to fight. Okay. Mm. Let me say that again. You know the adversary is attempting to get you into a flesh mode because when he is doing that, he will always try to get you to respond outside of the word. That's right. That's right. 
He will always attempt to get you to respond outside of the word. And you and I will not be able to, to, to uh, uh, respond according to the word except the Holy Spirit helps us. So if you are listening to me tonight, getting into warfare readiness means, first of all, that you have to be constantly inviting the Holy Spirit to lead you into what? Truth. Lead me into the Word, Father. Lead me. I, I'm stuck. I've got it. I've said it over and over. Psalms 16, You, oh God, show me the path to life. You, oh God, show me the path to life. You direct me. You, Holy Spirit, direct me. You show me the path to life. In your presence, the presence of God described in the Word. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And in your right hand, there are eternal pleasures. I can look forward to these things because, ooh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I can look forward to these things because why? Your Holy Spirit leads me into the path for life. Your Holy Spirit leads and guides me into the truth which gives me the direction for, the, for life. So Jesus' ability to win in the wilderness was predicated first on the Holy Spirit leading, guiding, and filling him before he physically got there. Yes. Let me say that again. Jesus' ability to win in the wilderness, Matthew 4, 1 through 11, was predicated first on the Holy Spirit's leading, guiding, and filling him before he physically got to the wilderness. Second, when he got there, the Holy Spirit activated the weapon of proclaimed truth to nullify Satan's attack and guarantee victory. Let me say this again because someone would like to, to write this down. Jesus' ability to win in the wilderness was predicated first on the Holy Spirit leading, guiding, and filling him before he physically got there. Number two, when he got there, Holy Spirit activated the weapon of the proclaimed truth, the word of God, to nullify Satan's attack. You will not ever be excited about the word of God except you are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what stirs the word of God in you. Now, if you are, you beg the Holy Spirit, God, Holy Spirit, come fill me, come fill me, and you have nothing for him to use. There is no, no weapon. There's nothing worse than a well-trained soldier, buffed and physically ready to fight, and has no weapon when the enemy is about to charge. You, just, you, you can't have one and not the other. You've got to have both. You've got to be walking in the power of the Holy Spirit 
while carrying the truth, the sword, the word. The combination of these two things, as you and I cry out to God, allows you, puts you in, centers you in a position of attack and not always defense. The next one, so this is about obedience. Jesus was obedient to these two things, and that's why he was able to win while he was tested. We said, Dr. Meyer said, uh, McIntyre said, the soldier's principal duties, one is to be obedient. They sent you to Paris Island so you could learn about obedience. Our voice is the only voice that counts on the battlefield. Your mama can't call you when you're fighting. Your, your brother-in-law can't. No, you are fighting now. And the only voice that matters when you are in a fight is who? The commander of the platoon. The commander of our platoon is, is who? Jesus. Jesus, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the majestic one. And the first thing you've got to learn by his example on the testing is obedience. Obedience to listen to the Holy Spirit and obedience to let the Holy Spirit activate the word in us. These are things that we cry and ask God for he's going to give us. Number two, endurance. Endurance of hardship. Endurance of hardship. Endurance of hardship. I remember a story, I believe it was, uh, was it Joshua who went out to fight? Or was it uh, when we started sending, taking him down to the brook and started to... Gideon. Gideon, 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 Gideon. Went from 32,000 men to 300. And one of the first things he did before he started to send people home is he proclaimed, those of you who are fearful, anybody that's, that's anxious, Anybody that missed a mama, anybody that's, that, that, that's uh, you know, you, 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 know, you don't want to pick up uh, your weapon and shoot it, you can go home. Because you are not ready for warfare. You may be ready next week. You may be ready a month from now. But right now, it looks like we got to protect you. you. You are not ready to protect anybody. And he sent all of those back. And God continued to dwindle it down until he found the 300 that would do what? Exactly what God said to do. It may sound crazy, and that's the thing about us as believers. Quite often the thing that Holy Spirit is going to direct you to do under the direction of the Word of God will be utterly crazy to people that don't know God. Don't expect them to understand. Don't expect them to understand. So, Dr. McIntyre said obedience. Number two, endurance of hardship. Uh, look with me at 2 Timothy verses, uh, 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 2. Uh, I should have had it right here. There we go. At least you're seeing whether or not Pastor knows how to find it. The verses in the Bible when he doesn't have his iPad. Second Timothy chapter two, verses two. And the things you've heard 
chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, sorry. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Join with me. I'm going to read it in, in the NIV, then I'm going to read it uh, from the New King James Version. Join with me in verse 2. And the things you heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust, I entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Verses 3. Join with me in the suffering like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Okay. The NIV, the New King James says, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. The reason I, I, I got this was not just to say it refers to endurance of hardship, but to show you a very key uh, comparison. That both enduring hardship versus engaging entanglements. As a Christian, as a believer, when you are in warfare, you can stand as a good soldier and endure hardship, or you can decide to engage the entanglement. You have options. The entanglements don't jump on you except you allow them to. Let me say that again. The entanglements don't jump on you. You have to allow them to entangle you. So you have two options. You either endure hardship like a good soldier or you engage the entanglements. Let me look at this comparison and give you. Uh, when you are enduring hardship, are you in pain? Quite often, yes. When you entangle, or when you are entangled, are you in pain? Quite often, yes. Throw a child, a man, and anybody in a in a a shrubbery of uh, what do we call those a briar, and there is entanglement there, and there is pain. The entanglement has as much pain for the soldier as the engaging, as the endurance of the hardship. What about wearying? Is, uh, is endurance, uh, enduring hardship a wearying thing? Yes, it is. It wearies you when you are standing and enduring hardship. But guess what? When you entangle, when you uh, engage entanglement, it wearies you too. You get just as weary engaging the entanglement as you do enduring the hardship. Number three, what about frustration? Do you feel frustrations when you are enduring hardship? Absolutely, we go through frustrations when we are enduring hardship. But guess what? When you decide to engage the entanglement, you still feel frustrations. 
And we can go all the way down, down the line. Feelings of depression, feelings of hope, hopelessness, uh, feelings of uh, sometimes dying, and depression gets so much. The feelings are the same quite often whether you endure like a good soldier or whether you engage the entanglement. So, Philippians 3.10 says that I may know him and we're gonna, I'm going to come back and tell you the connection. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may take the resurrection from the dead. The reason I'm, I've added Philippians 3, 10, and 11 is because with you endure hardship like a good soldier of Jesus Christ, you have got a guaranteed reward coming, and it's eternal. I want you to see that when we, when we live carnally and don't embrace the weapons of our warfare to attack the adversary and don't allow him to take ground from us, we are guaranteed something that the person who engages the devil's entanglements still has to go through the same pain that we're going through, the same frustration that we're going through, the same moments of depression, the same moments of anxiety. The only difference is he has nothing eternal to show for it. Guys, I cannot afford to let that happen or continue to happen in my own life. When I understand that whether I live for Jesus or I don't live for Jesus, that the, the pressure will always be the same on me physically. The difference is, as I allow the Holy Spirit to take me under the wings of God, I become stronger. Don't look for the weight to disappear. Press into God so that your spiritual muscles become bigger. Let me say that again. Somebody's been murmuring about how much they're going through. The, the reason you're, you're crying to God about taking this stuff away is because you don't understand. It is there to build you up. And the reason we don't get built up is because we're not willing to do, again, I said it before, to do what 2 Chronicles 7, 13, 14, 15 says. If I allow all the testing, if I allow all the, 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 the uh, locusts, and the, you could just call it the depression, the problems. If I allow all of these things to come upon you, he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble yourself, it's the problem that we have, engagement, when you entangle, Engage entanglement, it is normally because you see yourself with the ability to take it on on your own. We engage entanglement quite often because we think we can fix the problem without including God. And whenever we do that, we go through the same pain, the same frustration, the same turmoil, the same everything. We just don't have to turn a little more. Tonight, we're going to stop there. We've talked about being obedient. We've talked about enduring hardship. 
Our next time around, we will talk about the supreme sacrifice that we as soldiers are going to be making. We're going to be called upon somehow, someday, whether it's natural death or some, you're going to be called upon to make some kind of uh, ultimate sacrifice. How do we deal with that? Father, I thank you. Woo! Bless God. I thank you for your word. I thank you for uh, preparing us. to fight properly. Quite often we look at our lives and we realize we have been so ill-trained. We have not allowed you, oh Lord, to teach us how to fight properly. And so we, we run into wall after wall. We get wounded time and time again. Many times when we did not have to be wounded. If we had only learned how to trust your leading, how to obey you implicitly, completely. But tonight, we ask you, God, to forgive us. We ask you, Father, to forgive us. We ask you, Lord, to come again and take us to boot camp. Take us back to boot camp. Take us back to the beginning. Take us back to the basics. Because we want to stand as good soldiers. We want to stand as good soldiers. We need to stand. Our family needs us to stand. Our husbands and wives need us to stand. Our, our, our in-laws, brothers, sisters that are unsaved need us to stand as good soldiers. And so we're coming back to you, O oh Father, asking you to take us again through the class and make us the warriors that we need to be. Thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for your people that tuned in. We activate even more the word. Let it multiply in the airwaves as they go back and read these verses and dig into the word of God, that new connections will be made outside of anything that I said, that your Holy Spirit will activate our areas specifically to them that I didn't even talk about, and your word will become alive in their spirit. We thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you again for joining us uh, at Times of Refreshing at the Assembly. We've got some announcements going on. Please look out for those. We intend to restart. I don't know if... Uh, anyone has gotten information as yet but because our first intention was to restart do our restart uh, on the 5th of july but then we realized that that's the holiday weekend and many of you are going to be trying to connect with family so we will be sending out instructions for that how we will do those last three sundays of july we can't wait to get back together we are chomping at the bits, myself, the executive pastor, Pastor Ron, all of the leaders. We can't wait. We, we may not be doing church in the physical like we used to, but just being able to see you, just being able to see your brother and your sister, it makes all the difference in the world. So once again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being with us. Times of refreshing. God bless you. Have an awesome night. See you on Sunday.